Cut out the fat. Just sports meat. Well, that's not the point. Actually, that is the point. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to FM 105.7 and AM 1340, WKGN Knoxville, and W289CU Knoxville. Fan Run Radio. WKGN afternoon and welcome to another stellar edition of the drive here on fan run radio russell smith punching the time clock 301 on your friday afternoon edition of the show as it is still a frozen east tennessee landscape from which we broadcast this afternoon we hope wherever you're listening that you're safe warm and ready for a pleasant weekend hopefully Hopefully, Bear, we start to thaw out the next 24 hours or so. Yeah, I hope so, man. I'm looking out the window at Snowmageddon Day 5, Russ. Day 5, and Tucker and I had a frigid walk from down the hill again yeah. today in the midst of, I don't want to say a blizzard, but it was a pretty strong flurry, just like snow in your face. It was miserable. Yeah, I can deal with the uh, slushy roads. That's fine. But walking down here in the snow is just not ideal as it's just blowing into your face as you're trying to come down this big <laughs> hill. Awful. Not fun. How many times did I almost bust my ass on the way down? I didn't keep counting. <laughs> I know I know. close to the gate you, right, you I almost lost it. it yeah, I, I yeah. almost lost it right it's tough. at I mean, the last minute. And that would have been terrible because I made it down all the treacherous part, and then I would have slipped on the flat land right in front of the station. The worst part is there's a spot right down the stairs from my apartment complex where it is just immediately icy, so I have to walk around it every single time. Got to make sure I'm ready for it. <laughs> it sucks. It's been tough out there, man. But uh, hopefully – Hopefully we get it all cleaned up, sorted out, figured out, and uh, we can we can put this messy time behind us. Had a hair sticking out from the microphone. That was so gross, man. That's very nasty. It all, it's got to be a Jake Miller hair, too. He's the yeah. only one who sits here today, right? Yeah, I think it was <sighs> him that would have been over here. Well, Marcus wasn't here, so maybe it was Brett? Might be Hollander. Mm. Yeah, Marcus no-showed today, apparently. Yeah. He's too busy hanging out on the rim after he dunked on you, got the better of you last he night. Didn't dunk on me, dude. He mailed it in today, Bear. He's Marcus mailing in young. That's right. Mailing in Marcus. He just got jealous of all all the talk about Houston getting out in front for the Wallace Award, and he wants his opportunity to lift the Crest Cup. Exactly. I mean, he's always I mean he's a dark horse candidate. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to give him his due, man. His respect. I mean, puts in the extra time yesterday, voluntarily, puts in an extra three hours on the drive, and you're thinking, man, 
Marcus, nose to the grindstone. Go get her. Like this guy, he's on he's on his way up. And then he and then he goes for the three day weekend. Like oldest play in the book. I, I'm gonna call out on Friday and turn a two day weekend into a three day weekend. And that that is some savvy Wallace Award material right there. Indeed. So what a week. What a week it has been, man. And what a weekend we got coming up. I, I can't wait, dude. Tomorrow's going to be so awesome. We've got Tennessee against Bamas over at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena, 2 p.m. So that'll be over at 4, and we'll be doing a voluntary reaction as we go right into the first of the four playoff games tomorrow, which is going to be, I believe, Baltimore and, and the Texans. Is that That's a, that's at 4.30 tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, oh, that's what a, I mean, that that's going to be perfect, man. That is going to be perfect. So we've got UT basketball, voluntary reaction, Ravens, Texans, and then 49ers, Packers tomorrow night, and that's just the prelude because I think the Sunday games, as I said yesterday, like that's I'm much more looking forward to both of those games. First of all, the Lions and everything they have going on with that that fan base, long-suffering, just success-starved Lions fans and the kind of environment and home field advantage they've been able to create there. Hopefully the Buccaneers are prepared for the weather when they, when <laughs> they go up there. Yeah, they played earlier in the season down in Tampa, but I believe Detroit won that game by double figures. What do you guys make everybody's accusing uh, the Lions of being dirty? Dirty? What, just for that one hit? Yeah, it's not the only hit. I mean, they do play to the echo of the whistle. I mean, it's what the guy said in his introductory press conference. Like, we're going to take a bite out of your knee when we get up, and then you knock us down again, we're going to take another. He basically said we're going to play dirty. They play within the rules, though. <laughs> play to the echo of the whistle. Yeah, I mean, they didn't – I mean, they could have taken a kill shot on Higby, and everybody would have been – I mean, he would have been laying, you know uh, – twitching on the turf and uh, you know the Eagles could have drawn would have drawn a 15 yard penalty but I mean went low like they're telling them to do yeah I like I, the, I don't know how they're supposed to tackle very careful high yeah I like the Lions at home and and then the Bills Chiefs I mean that's kind of become that's the cool rivalry, you know. It's kind of the new Brady Manning. It's yeah. Mahomes versus Reed, and like it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the yeah, one Hockley and hockey. You all saw that about Hockley, didn't you? What about it? He's the referee for the game, and you need to take a. He's got some some very intriguing statistics when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and playoffs and penalties called and the Buffalo Bills. Well, this game's going to be played in Buffalo, which is different than what we're accustomed to seeing. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen's still never gotten through Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Mm. So Yeah, if, if you look at this, I'm, I'm telling you, he has trouble getting through Patrick Mahomes and the Hockey League guy. It's like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to divert this into NBA here, but Chris Paul and that one ref, is it Scott Foster? He just never wins in the playoffs. It's a little bizarre. Yeah, Chris Paul should have called him a punk. Oh, he did. I'm not the one saying it. I mean, it's Chris Paul. Nice. I mean, he got thrown out. 
Is it not nice, Russ? To call I mean, somebody you, a I punk? Mean, no, that's not nice. They're worse than you, you can call people. And some referee, <laughs> some some crooked referee was jobbing you out of every playoff appearance. You wouldn't call him a punk? Oh, do we know he's crooked? That's quite an accusation to throw. Maybe he's just incompetent at his job. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by incompetence. I mean, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So, maybe I should take that tact with Marcus. Oh, no. Maybe he's just ignorant. Oh, no. Whoa, no. See, that's not nice. Well, I mean, you don't want me calling him a punk. I'm not going to call him a punk anymore. He's just a dumbass. Whoa. Oh, is that true? He's not even here and he's in your head. Nah. Nah, I just got to set the record straight. I think it was... I think it was set plenty straight yesterday. Okay. You brought it up. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did a few minutes ago. Uh, yeah, but we had moved on. Yeah, it was still eating at me. I know. That's a problem. Everybody knows. Yeah. It's not oh, a good you've look. you for like almost 15 years now, dude. Don't act like this is a surprise. This is a surprise to you? That you're unable to let it go? That I carry grudges, I'm unable to let stuff go. Do you understand that he's sitting somewhere right now, just giggling, laughing at you? Just he he hasn't even lifted a finger and he's gotten your goat. Yeah, he's laughing. Look in the mirror, Marcus. You won't be laughing anymore, big boy. That's it. I'm done talking about Marcus today. Tennessee basketball, the tip is set for 2 p.m. tomorrow. It will be an ESPN2, Carl Ravitch, and Jimmy Dykes affair. I believe they were on the yes. call of the game last year. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I, I thought you were going to say this week because they were here this week. But, yeah, that makes sense. They were here for we Florida? we have to play down there yeah. this year? Yes, Tennessee yes. does have to go to Tuscaloosa. Oof. Yeah, that'll that'll be a hard one. Tennessee and Alabama have split their last eight meetings dating back to 2017. The tide is three and one in the last four. They kind of had our number there for a minute. Yeah. Tennessee was three and one the prior four. So so it's split right down the middle of the last eight. Eight of the last nine games in the series, including the past six, have been decided by single digits. So it's probably going to be a close one tomorrow. And you'll remember the game we referenced just a moment ago, uh, number 10 Tennessee last year knocking off number one Alabama 68-59 to in Knoxville. I was at that game, and it was a madhouse in Thompson Bowling that night, and we need to make it one again tomorrow. Borderline dangerous, Geraldo. That's what I'm calling for out of Tennessee fans. Golf no, balls and mustard bottles. No mercy. No mercy for Bamas. We must dismantle the radical terrorist organization known as Bamas, which they are taking more losses today in the transfer portal. I saw over there the number one quarterback in this past year's recruiting class, Julian Sayan. So this kid commits to Alabama, big committed to Alabama, yeah. shows up to enroll his first day of classes. So he's already started. He's officially a member of the Alabama program now. His first day of classes is one Saban announced his retirement. Some J.J. Peterson type stuff going on there. I don't even know if I call it that. I mean, he got sold a bill of goods, showed up, went to one class, and yeah, got I'd say checked was, out of town. It was more an Ogeron thing. I <laughs> don't go to class. I mean, it was. It, it's weird, man. So, so he's going out. 
it's also they get a commitment from a four star they had committed at no at Washington. He's coming to Alabama now. So I guess they still have a good quarterback, although not as highly touted as Saiyan. Did they squeeze Saiyan out? Because that's what some of the rumors are. Kind of what it sounds like. I mean, they didn't have they took the the kid from Washington and then Saiyan decommitted like shortly after. What if he's pulling a Kiffin here and Remember when he – who all did Kiffin not want? Tosh Boyd, Blake Bortles. Well, on paper, they're going with the lower-rated prospect. But, I mean, you know, DeBoer is an offensive guy, so maybe he's – you know, maybe, there there have been paper five-star QBs before. Now, this yeah. guy was the number one overall quarterback in the class, so it's not like Harrison Bailey a couple of years ago. But um, it's it's an odd situation down there. I, I They're not going to be devoid of talent – next year, but I, I think the overall talent level does come down a bit for Alabama, which you hate to see. They're going to be more like down a lot of the teams in the uh, SEC where, you know, their starters are still going to be top-notch, but they aren't going to have that incredible depth that allowed them to I – mean, that's how they chew up people by the end of the game. It's just wave after wave of four- and five-star studs. Wow. So, Tennessee and Bama renew hostilities on the hardwood. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., we will have voluntary reaction for you immediately following the game. And this is a big one. This is a big one. We need Rocky Top in full voice tomorrow. This is a good Alabama team that comes in. It is a little bit odd that they are unranked in the AP and coaches poll, yet number seven – according to Ken Palm, with the best offensive efficiency ranking in the country. It's just got everything to do with the fact that they suffered all those losses in non-conference play. and L- Lost to some good teams. Yeah, and I mean, Ohio State and Clemson have fallen down a little bit, but, you know, still went, had to go through the Purdue's and Arizona's of the world. It's not like they played nobodies out there. Yeah, I mean, It's a, a big game, though, man. I, I we do find it one. odd. Go ahead. We're we're just one game ahead of them technically. Like we're we've got four losses. They've got five losses, and yet we're in the top ten. And so, like uh, the the voters are figuring in the quality of opponents that we've lost to, but it doesn't seem like they're affording Alabama the same grace. Doesn't matter. We, 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 you have to you have to come out and, and find a way to get the W tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we you, you win tomorrow, and we're pretty much we're heading to Lexington with. You know, at what in conference? What will we be? Six and one? Uh, but be seven and one. Four and one, I believe. So we're four and one right now. We're three and one right now. Three and one right now. Four and one. And then what do we got next Saturday? Vanderbilt? At Vandy. Five and one. We'll be five and one going to Lexington. Oh, okay. Unless we go down to Nashville and crap our pants. Well, you got South Carolina uh, at home the next week, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Six and one. Got a really good shot at it. Bears already looking ahead to Kentucky. That's dangerous, Bear. I don't care. I want a piece of them. Idiots. I do kind of. Whoa. They're the ones that want the law change, man. Not me. You heard Tucker on the top five. That was actually me. Yeah. Oh, whatever. You knew what I meant. I like it that. I don't like it that we don't have a game next week, but if you have to have like an off week. With, with no conference game in the middle of the week, I kind of like that you have a full week to get ready for Vanderbilt because 
we owe them. I, a, a workmanlike win a week from tomorrow in Memorial Gymnasium is unacceptable. I want to no. make them lick the white dog poop after what like happened pointer. up there last year. Oh, like a 30-pointer. I, You know, I want a 60-point Rick Pitino taking Wade Houston behind the woodshed beat down. I want to break their spirit. I want Jerry Crackhouse to be despondent after the game. Like I, I, I want him not even to be able to shake Barnes' hand, not, not able to look him in the eye. Barnes won't do it, dude. He li- he likes Stackhouse. Oh, uh, Barnes will lay a beat down on somebody. Barnes don't care. He'll, he will lay a beat down on Stackhouse and then look him in the eye after the game and say, God bless you. Have a great season, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's a fine coach. <laughs> you people are people these days are just too impatient. Stay with us. The drive continues. Got a big one lined up for you. Rick Butler of RockyTopInsider.com joins the fray when we continue. More Fan Run Radio on the way. Stay with us. The Drive. Around here, UT grad Marco Scarza. He's right here in East Tennessee. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Still a lot of ice on those roads. Commander Chuck says, slow down, East Tennessee. Be careful. Exercise caution out there. The main roads are fine, man, but it, it is still slippery on some of those back roads. Yeah, I'm hoping we it don't is. get too much more of the snow outside. I haven't looked. It stopped. It stopped? Yeah. All right. Yeah, good. it's tapered off here. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it, you get off a main road, it's treacherous. And I hit a patch. I about spun out this morning driving down Kingston Pike. I hit a just a patch. I never even saw it. Uh, but I guess, I guess it was black ice. That's apparently all over the place. According to our buddy Mark Nagy from T-Dot Russ. What? He's warned people about black ice. Oh. Well, you got to be careful, man. It's the ice you can't see that will sometimes get you. Let's bring in Rick Butler from RockyTopInsider.com. Without further ado, good afternoon. Rick, how are you, sir? Hello, my friend. I'm doing great. Hopefully you guys are as well. You know, I'm a, I'm out here in West Knoxville. I'm only like 10 or so minutes down the road from you guys, and uh, I do still see some flurries left over. So mm. maybe maybe some are lingering, but, but some are definitely still falling outside where I am right now. So maybe something left over, but... uh. Yeah, it's been crazy either way. How's that big hill that you guys have? Well, I was going to say, if you're in the neighborhood, yeah, just swing on by, Rick. He coming by, <laughs> Russ. Come on down. I you get you've yeah, got I'm a you've got stuck. a rugged Ford wheel uh, sport utility vehicle. You can make it. No, that's it's it's a whole lot more. Uh, I don't know. I think it's more sport than utility, if anything. <laughs> but, but this thing's been stuck, man. I, I have been – I've actually been going a little bit stir-crazy over the last five days because I really haven't left so far. For one, I sit on top of a big hill, so it's going to be very hard to get myself in and out of the, the complex. But, B, I'm parking on a downhill slope. So I even actually tried to get out yesterday. I could barely even get up and go backwards out of my parking space. It was a, It was an impossibility, so – I'm kind of at the mercy to whenever just the sun comes back out in terms of 
I don't know when I can get out of my apartment complex. Looks like Monday, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Rick Butler snowed in, still recovering, licking his wounds from his annual Cowboys disappointment. You didn't oh, think man. we were not going to bring that up, <laughs> did you, Rick? I thought it'd be at the end. I really did. I, I thought it'd at least be at the end of the of the interview today. Do you see you where know, the the Cowboys cheerleaders are saying that the Packers players quote taunted them and almost brought them to tears? Good. Is that really true? Yes. It's on Barstool it's despicable. today. It's despicable. The the beautiful terrible Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. The, those mean, mean Green Bay Packers got up in the faces of the beauties, the uh, Jerry's beauties, and taunted them. Rick, how does that make you feel? Uh, again, it's it's just a despicable <laughs> act. I mean, those 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 women are Dolly Parton's angels after their performance over Thanksgiving. I think they should be treated as such. Uh, speaking of, this actually just popped into my head. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, there was a uh, there was a funny tweet going around today, and it was from Noah Taylor uh, of VolReport.com, uh, and it was good because it was like a. I don't know, it was like an information guide or a media guide or something back from 1969, and it listed some nice. of the players and, and some of the Tennessee Vols' favorite things to do. You know, maybe their favorite songs of the time, their favorite artists, their favorite movies, whatever else is going on. And so they asked them to list their favorite things that they like to do, and sure enough, number one was girls. Number two was parties. I was like, well, my oh my, how things have changed. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that today. You can always rely on Noah to bring out things from the 1960s with ease, can't you, Rick? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a buff like that. He's a history buff, but uh, you know, it was it was fun to see that. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Chicks and music, man. That's the way to any young man's heart. Well, it was two of, two of God's greatest gifts. Was it, was that the second uh, music? Girls and music. Uh, I think so. Did we lose Rick? No, I don't. Oh. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I was just that's asking. Rick's for not a student of history. <laughs> Rick's, yeah, that's, that's, Rick's a Rick's a sharp young man. Very I'm not sharp. a music buff like you, that, though. I've lived with them before, but I'm not a music buff myself. Here, here's the mistake that uh, your Cowboys made. Rick, in all seriousness. Okay. Oh, they, I thought we were off of that. No, we're gonna we're gonna break this down. We're gonna get granular. Tried the diversion. <laughs> he he tried, tried it. To, circle back here, because uh, I really want to dig in and unpeel the layers of your pain this afternoon. I'm just kidding. We'll move on. In all seriousness, this is what you should have. You got to get rid of this McCarthy clown. You should have hired my guy Vrabes, right? And yeah. he would have yeah, brought because he's a good coach, and he would have brought Arthur Smith back. You get the band back together. Arthur Smith and Jim Schwartz with Mike Vrabel. If meddling Jerry, who's starting to look like the crypt keeper, you know, he's had work done and he just he looks terrible, man. Like if he um could just be hands off and let Vrabes work with an elite staff like that, you'd have your Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just anybody who could go out there and get those guys to be motivated. I mean, I don't know how much you guys got to see the game, but, like, without breaking it down or without getting into it too much, that was just, that was just the most uninspired, unmotivated, 
the softest football team I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, I, I don't know how you don't have a coach who can just say, hey, look, here's what you need to do. Here's what you've never done in your whole life before. Here's what you were brought here to do. Now just go out there and do it. They couldn't do that at all. So I, I whether it was Mike Vrabel, whether it was Bill Belichick, whether it was Jim Harbaugh, whoever else, it's like it's the Dallas freaking Cowboys, right? It, it doesn't matter if you love them or you hate them. You understand that it's a high-profile job. Uh, but I guess either either they weren't biting. I do feel like there's maybe a chance that Bill Belichick said no, and that's why Mike McCarthy is back. And, and Jerry said, I'm not going to do anything without knowing who's on the other side of the line first. Bill would have been the only option, uh, and they didn't go that route. So I, I do wonder if that's a possibility behind the scenes. But the the other very real possibility is probably the truth, Occam's razor, and that is just that Jerry Jones – believes uh, Mike McCarthy could do it. And as my good friend Brent Nork usually says, uh, Mike McCarthy is just fat Jason Garrett in Cowboys clothing. So we've we've been on a really – we've been on the struggle bus Mm -hmm. for a while now. Personal appearance is not show fodder, Rick. I think you know that from your time with us, but we'll let that one slide because we have breaking news to the Fan Run Breaking News Desk we go. More Alabama roster movement as Alabama kick returner Forrest Gump has entered the transfer portal. (laughs) Gump is gone. Wasn't he a a local boy, too? Are they losing their local players now? I mean, he was from Greenbow, Alabama. Yeah. I mean, if they're losing these in-state play, it's it's one thing if if you got guys from a Cal, you know, you got a California quarterback entering the transfer portal. That's one thing. If you're losing local local home state boy Forrest Gump, you know you're really going in the wrong direction. Hey, if Boo Carter doesn't work out, might want to give him a call. My sources tell me that he's in love with a girl out west. She's following the dead around. Mm-hmm. So so maybe UCLA, USC, something like that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. One Jenny. of those two. Russell, it really is crazy, though. I mean, we obviously knew, going back to last week with the Nick Saban news, we obviously knew that that was unprecedented, right? We were, we were hearing some unprecedented news. We were hearing news that we did not expect to hear. We did not – a lot of people did want to hear that, but ultimately it just wasn't expected. We were just going to say, okay, now we're entering a time, especially this next seven days or so, that really none of us have ever seen – None of us have ever seen the top coach in the sport leave at a time so volatile as it is right now with the transfer portal, with NIL, with the just the price tags and the barcodes that these players have on their foreheads when they go into the portal. It's completely different than any other time there's ever been. So you knew that this stretch, right, this next 7 to 10 days after retirement, it was going to be wild. But I don't even know if we could have predicted this much movement and what it totally is. You talk about the 2024 kid that left. You talk about the guys in the 2025 class that have now left. You talk about the transfer portal of the players that were left. I mean, even the guy earlier today, I believe his name is Julian Sain, the number one overall quarterback in the 2024 class. This guy, the news of Nick Saban's retirement broke on the first day of classes at the University of Alabama after his early enrollee. Right, that's why he couldn't. You know, that's why he eventually had to hit the transfer portal today, as opposed to just decommitting or, or anything like that. 
I wonder if maybe that's a change that we start to see in college football a little bit later on, just guys who want to see what happens with their coaching staff over the offseason before they go and uh, go ahead and fully sign and come on a campus. But it, it really is just an unprecedented time we're in right now, and uh, Alabama is really going through it. I mean, they, for a long time, I think them and uh, Alabama Crimson Tide and their fan base kind of got to sit at the top and see what things were like down here at the bottom for, for a lot of other programs, and now they're going through it a little bit as well. Does it change your mind at all about how you feel about the third Saturday in October next season? I kind of felt like Tennessee, you know, if Saban hadn't retired and and they kept their machine going for another season, I I felt like it was going to be based in in my toss-up column, basically. And and maybe, you know, I'm sure Tennessee would have been an underdog, not, not a big underdog, but a slight underdog in that game. Now, I almost feel like I, I'm I'm not going to say I'm penciling in a W for the Vols on that one, Rick, but in my mind, it's a lot closer. Yeah, I think, you know, I'll, I'll answer that question on two notes. Number one, I was actually thinking about this while you were talking right there, and I was thinking, okay, Nick Saban came in at what, 08, 09, something like that to Alabama. I mean, this is the only Alabama that, that I've pretty much known my entire life. I, I got into college football after that year, and I was a little bit older, and then once I started following Tennessee football, it was obviously Nick Saban all the time. So there's a large group of people who I think who not only are either Tennessee fans or are SEC football fans or are college football fans, but this is all we've known from the from the University of Alabama for our whole watching lives. So it's going to be really different from that perspective. But from the other one, Tennessee's got a big advantage here, right? I, I mean, you look at what happened the last time that Alabama was in Neyland Stadium. They lost in that epic kind of record-breaking game that Tennessee had. Uh, Alabama came back, and they, they had a bad first half or, or so against Tennessee this last season. Now they've kind of come back to Neyland Stadium for the first time with this new coach, with somewhat of an influx of players that are coming in. Obviously, this, the game is still where it is in the middle of October, but you've really got an opportunity if you're Tennessee here to uh, basically welcome Kellen DeBoer, in with, Kellen DeBoer in with open arms and say, hey, look, you can come in. We'll, we'll invite you over to our place right off the bat. We'll wine you. We'll dine you. But then we're going to beat your butt in the sport of football. And I think, that, again, Tennessee's got an opportunity to go out there and do that here in year one. But we'll see what this roster looks like for both teams by the end of the offseason. Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider, with us this afternoon. Rick, what about basketball? Are the Vols going to get it done against Bamos tomorrow at Thompson Bowling Arena? Yeah, you know, I actually wrote about it earlier today. I went back and I watched that um, that game from last February when number 10 Tennessee took down number one Alabama. That was the Brandon Miller squad. Uh, and that was as a Kai Ziegler game through and through. He tied Santiago Vescovi for the most points in the game. And I think those are two of the guys that you're that you're again going to be looking at this Saturday. Look, I know Dalton Connect is there. I'm not I'm not talking beneath him. He's going to be Tennessee's most important player, no doubt about it. But Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vescovi, again, they shined in that game last season. They found ways to be playmakers. They found ways to hit from the three-point line. They found ways to turn their defense into offense. That's one way that Tennessee really took an advantage over Alabama last season was that they had so many more turnovers forced than them, and they took those turnovers and they turned them into points. I see the exact same kind of thing that Tennessee's been doing this season as sort of the, the road to victory, but I do think that they can get it done. And I, I look at it again at Zakai Ziegler to have a big night all the talk has rightfully been around Dalton Connect. There's no doubt about it. You score 103 points in three games, and you deserve every bit of conversation that comes your way. 
But I, and it certainly is not lost on me how important Zakai Ziegler has been through this run as well and just how great he's been through this whole season as well as he continues to find his footing from this ACL surgery. So I do think that Tennessee gets it done tomorrow. I think it's a, it's a hostile uh, orange-out crowd despite the snow and the ice, but I think they get it done. Bear? Oh, yeah, I was just going to go back to what, you know, real quick, just what Rick was talking about Alabama when they come up here next year. And, and something that I've just been sitting here thinking about is when, uh, you know, Rick, when you when you talk about an influx of all these new this new talent and a lot of rollover in that roster, are they going to lose some of, you know, they're not going to have a, a whole team of guys that understand the Tennessee-Alabama rivalry. And like what a big game it is. I just think it's it's another thing that stacks in our favor next year. Uh, come up here with guys that aren't aware of, of how serious the game is and how how hard hitting and it's, I just think it's going to be uh, that's the one. I'm yeah. going to be really upset if we don't beat them up here. Yeah, I, I think you could also say the same thing about Tennessee during some of those coaching changes and some of the, the those big influxes of you know, talent changes as well. But I think that eventually these guys do come around and they do find it. You look at a guy like Hendon Hooker, he obviously had no idea about the Tennessee-Alabama rivalry. Lo and behold, he became one of the most important players in the history of that rivalry. But I also think that, to your point, it's easier to sell that rivalry when you're saying, hey, we are climbing the mountain here, right? We have a we've, – we've kind of been the losers for a while, and we want to be that first team that, that gets over the hump – we want to be that first team that beats Nick Saban. It's not going to be the same sort of message for them. And the message is going to be, hey, you know, a different regime was used to beating these guys down every single year that they had, and this turned into a rivalry from it. You know, what are we going to do to kind of continue that? So I do think that you're looking at it from two different perspectives. Uh, but I do think that these players get a hold of it pretty pretty quickly. But we'll see how, how much it's kind of a motivating factor, especially on their side, once that game comes around to Neyland next year. Because, again, you know that this Tennessee fan base is going to be beyond fired up. You know that the coaching staff and the players, the ones who have been here for the last two years, they're going to be fired up as well. I think Tennessee is going to be able to set the tone and, and potentially find a uh, find a pretty memorable victory if they can do that in Neyland Stadium next year. Hey, Rick, back to basketball for a second. Is yeah. uh, Triple J and Vescovy, are, are their lackluster scoring outputs the past couple of games a problem in your mind? Or do you think since the, you know, Connect, his emergence, Adu, what they're getting from Ziegler, those guys being so productive, do you think that uh, J- Triple J and Vescovy's offense is just a luxury at this point? Yeah, I, I think that going back to the Florida game, somebody asked Rick Barnes just about sort of Vescovy and James together, and he said that, hey, look, these guys have been here and they've done a lot. They've gone through a regular season schedule. They've gone through an SEC schedule. They've gone through the tournaments. They've gone through the NCAA tournament. At this point, they just want to win. And I think that for the most part, I think that's very believable. Now, obviously, these these kids are, you know, these kids want their own um, – they want their own – brought uh, uh, success and they want their own thing to show out there on the court and I think that's that's still an important storyline going on in the background but I do believe that those two guys want to win and that they know the route to winning is a little bit more balanced basketball from Tennessee and that's coming from uh, you know the play of Zakai Ziegler it's coming from the play of Jonas Adu and Don Connect as well 
the end of the day, that you know, Josiah Jordan James has been a really good piece for Tennessee, and so is Santiago Vescovi. They're just not necessarily scoring right now. I, I think the way to get more involved in the scoring ground is just to hit your shots, right? They're both getting shots. They're just not necessarily shots that have been going in very much lately. I think you hit those shots a little bit more, than then that automatically will get you a little bit more involved. But I don't think there's too much to worry about right there. I, I do think that they need to get better than, than just five points combined for, per game. I, I think that has been tough. Even with Dalton Connect taking the majority of the shots out there on the court, they've got to be better than a combined five points per game. You've got to get them into that maybe ten points per game category, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, but I don't think that, it's, that there's going to be any problems this season in terms of you know Dalton Connect kind of stepping up as the new guy. I know he's not the new guy anymore, but the new guy for this season taking some of their roles. Uh, but that's just kind of the way that Tennessee is winning right now, and those guys, according to Rick Barnes, they just want to win. Rick, last thing for you here. Rapper Snoop Dogg says yeah. he was offered $100 million to uh, pose nude, to bear all for OnlyFans. Wow. Did he, he do it? Well, he says his he had to turn it down because of his wife. Quote, ain't no way in the world she going to allow me to go on there, he told oh. actor Slink Johnson. Um, what, what do you think? $100 million, would you bear all? For OnlyFans, your your own Rick Butler's OnlyFans account. Oh man, um, no! But I'm trying to think. If you that liar! Would help or hurt. You li- on I an honest no. Friday? On an honest Friday? You want to nothing barrel? sacred? Hey, there, there's nothing too impressive about me. You know, sometimes I got to run around in the shower just to get wet. I'm thinking right now, like, would it be good or bad for my career? Because I think it'd be one of those things where if I did it. You know, uh, there'd be companies that would come and Career? pick me immediately. Yeah, that's my job. This is my livelihood I'm talking about. How much if money did there you, and, what'd and you say, Russ? $100 million? Rick, $100 million? For $100 million, you could buy RTI oh. and Fan Run. You could make it Rick oh. Run Radio. And you wouldn't have to answer any of it. You could have whatever career you wanted, $100 million, hey. just to show your little and- weenie. Okay. All right. That was a that was a shot. Fired. I'm sorry. That I'm was, sorry. That, that, that was, was I, that did, it just came out that, that way. Was below I did the belt, Russ. That sorry. Really was. I'm sure it's very that, impressive. That was a, that was a little disrespectful. Um, a little out of line. In fairness, I thought you said a hundred thousand dollars. Now, Ooh. neither. Like I, I don't know. I, I'd probably do so it for a hundred thousand, man. I, I think I'd have to be. I'd have to be <laughs> looking at the money. And just seeing the wheelbarrows that that you'd have to move it around in, I, but I I I lean no like this is this is I don't know I just I don't want to get roasted for for this forever so I, I think that there'd be enough to uh, to mentally scar myself with and I don't know about that so we'll we'll see but but I'd maybe have to see the money first. Hundred million dollars. There's not much I wouldn't do for a hundred million dollars. You name it, I'd do it. I'd slide down yeah. on my belly all the way down that hill out there, face first. Have you all seen that yeah. viral video where that lady asks That's her husband the hypothetical? Oh, boy. Would you, would you punch me in the face for a billion dollars? Your wife? He does not. Yeah, this it's a, was this viral video. This guy's wife walked up. like He's just sitting in bed, you know, laying on his bed, looking at an iPad with his kids and stuff. And she's like, quick question. Would you hit me in the face for... A billion dollars. Oh, yeah. And then he goes on a 30-second <laughs> tear. I would knock your ass out for a hundred for a billion dollars. Yeah. 
That's, that's basically what he afterwards. said. He was like, a, bi- a billion dollars? A billion with a B? I will follow through on the punch for a billion dollars. <laughs> I will go Mike Tyson on you. <laughs> yeah. I will I mean, hold it out and shake it like The Rock did before he delivered it. I mean, you can make it a spectacle for a billion dollars. You can make it the, yeah. uh, a billion dollar punch. You just have to take that punch if you're that yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, you just promised me we're going to, you know, we'll split this money up. We'll we cut it up. But, yeah, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Pat Benatar. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Well, Rick, um, you've proven to be, I mean, you're an oak, my friend. You wouldn't take the money, huh? That protective. He says money can't buy happiness. Can buy you a lot of things. Can't buy me love. It can't buy me an escape from the embarrassment. I don't know. That's just, I mean, I know that's that's the common thing in today's world, and the naked people are the ones making money, but I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Yeah, uh, Rick, you're not thinking straight, son. You'd be leaning out the, the door of your, you know, your Citation luxury jet, jetting off to Mallorca or someplace, and you'd be like, with sunglasses on, saying, yeah, I'm the guy that did it for $100 million. I showed my junk. Sure. Mm. You know, one of you take the offer, go ahead and take the money, and if we ever see you again, we'll see how it works out, and then I'll make my decision based off of that. Which one of you are going to do it? Do you think any of you guys, all our our crew, are going to say anything to one of us if the one of us had a hundred million dollars? It would be a bunch of broke dorks on Twitter would would be like making fun of you. But like Bear said, you'd be lounging on toes in the sand, beer in your hand, without a care in the world. Somewhere out in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Yeah, but I, I got, I don't know. Part of me is like, I got too much life to live. Like, I, I can't just sit on a beach for the next fifty years. Uh, like, well, I do that for a, while. for a while, but then, then I, I come back and I I'd... exactly. But no, but you couldn't come back. You'd, you'd have to go to a different place. Then, Why? You know? No, I don't care. No, you wouldn't. I don't care what anybody thinks back. of me. I don't know. I'll tell you what I like do. I'd, just, I'd go buy one of those walk like, rock star tour buses, and then you just. Drive around the country, dedicate your life to watching the best live sporting events. People would ask you, like, how did you make it? How'd you make your money? How did, how did you get so wealthy? And I'd just tell them, I'd be like, I just had to show my package. Let some creep from OnlyFans wow. take a picture of my wiener. Wow. Everybody's seen it. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be rolling your grocery cart down the, down the, down the chips aisle at Kroger. No, I wouldn't. I'd have somebody just, shopping for me. Just be, no, people would just be snickering at you. <laughs> he doesn't sound like he's very self I'm noticing a, an incredible lack of self-confidence yeah. and assuredness about about himself. I know. I let you hung out with us long enough, Rick. Come on, man. You're not confident? Wow. Wow. We'll, we'll, we'll send him to the Bear School of confidence and self-esteem uh he'll be (laughs) broken by the time he gets out of that rick uh, have yourself a good weekend are you going to the basketball game tomorrow uh yes as long as i can get do some work here on my car and and make sure i can get out of this oh yeah yeah, i will we'll send tucker over to pick you up we'll send why don't you just walk down to the bottom we'll get you a ride if you could send tucker in the fan run van i'll meet him on uh on one of these roads off of kingston pike and I'll just kind of jump in while the vehicle's in motion and see what we can do. But I might need to flag down the fan run bus tomorrow. We'll see. 
RockyTopInsider.com, where you can uh, read his work. He is Rick Butler, RTI. Rick, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure as always. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. The Butler did it. Rick Butler of RTI making his presence felt this afternoon on the program. I mean, Tucker, you're like, I, I don't know. I, I think Tucker and Rick are, are younger guys. They're a little bit more self-conscious, Bear. I don't know what the age is. It's probably mid-30s, late-30s, maybe 40, something like that, where you just don't care. Like, I mean, it's you, – you take a picture of my horrible dad bod, whatever. Put it on a billboard. $100 million, yeah. I don't care. I'm, I'm, yeah. We're a little too young for midlife crises. Well, it's no, there's no midlife crises. It's, it's $100 million. It's, just, it's but wisdom. I, I understand it's it. Wisdom. Like, you're you're probably still, like, you're thinking, oh, my parents are going to see it. They're going to know. Oh, the girl that I like is going to see She's going to, like, you don't care at a certain age. You're just like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'll do it for no the shame. money. I'll do it for the money. Absolutely. Quick timeout. The Drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. The Drive. $3,000 bonus. Call Pioneer Heating and Air right now. 351-1125. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Bear back with you. Tucker Harlan in the White Claw Hard Shelter Studios with me today. Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, I'm just the biggest thing was I, I kind of spun off thinking about the, you know, all the stuff with Alabama and all the change and uh, within the that football program and how it's going to, what's going to happen, you know, once we get in. I'm, it's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing what post Saban Alabama looks like. I'm just wondering how hands-on Saban has been during this, the past week or so, you know, ever since the announcement. Like, is he trying to mitigate some of these losses or is he just in the background letting DeBoer do his thing? It's a very interesting dynamic at play down there. I'm, if I had to guess, uh, you know, gun in my head, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he's not been. He's kind of like, you know, trying to let, uh, you know, give. he's got to get, you know, it's just so wild that he's still involved, but he's got to give him space. But that and they, they're hemorrhaging players right now. So whatever, if he is involved, Russ, whatever he's saying ain't working. I saw somebody make the point, on Twitter earlier that yeah, they're going through a transition right now. You've lost the greatest coach of all time and you've got a coach who does things a little bit differently. And so you're going to lose some players, but this person thought that Alabama would be an attractive destination in the, in the summer portal. You know, there's another portal period after spring practice and they could probably get some players in and, and all that. And fair enough. I, I think that's probably true, but it won't be Nick Saban recruiting those players. And your perception is reality to a certain point. And right now the perception is that the rats are jumping ship. Yeah, a little bit. But I think the another way of, of looking at this is you weren't hiring 
hiring this guy to come in and um, run Nick Saban, the Nick Saban system. It's it's now we're going to wait and see if 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 the DeBoer, you know, if DeBoer can what he's been doing at Washington and all the places he's been that's been so successful, if he's able to get that going at Alabama. And then, I, that's what I'm interested in, in watching unfold. But, I mean, that's why I didn't think it was that attractive of a job. Because you're coming in behind the most successful program of ever. Yeah, it, it's... It's an attractive job depending on the circumstances. If you're in Trent, like it obviously wasn't that attractive to Land Danning. It wasn't that attractive to Steve Sarkeesian. I don't think it would have been that attractive to Josh Heupel. Billy Napier probably would have found it very attractive. Yeah, obviously, they hiring him. yeah, obviously DeBoer found it attractive. And, you know, they're going through a transition, going to the different conference right now. So I just think it depends on the individual circumstances of, uh, of, of where you're at and oh, how comfortable sure, you are. Yeah. Cause I also think that he probably, I think DeBoer, you know, if you're DeBoer, you got to look at it that, you know, you're going into a new conference. You've got a much better chance, even though you're coming into the sec and I think it's a lot tougher than the big 10, but you're coming in at Alabama, you're going to be the head coach at Alabama rather than, you know, going into the big 10 as head coach at Washington. Coming up in hour number two of the drive, we'll start with Tucker's top four at four. Get you caught up for those of you just joining the festivities today. Plus, we'll hear from Rick Barnes ahead of tomorrow's game with Alabama. And a prominent draft analyst says that James Pierce would be, quote, the first defensive player taken in the draft this year. Wow. We'll break that down when we continue Stay tuned. It is The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. This past high noon, it's time.